With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Study, study, study. Kill, kill, kill. DJ Demo with you here tonight. Got an absolute whopper show coming up tonight after the pill being Swansea yesterday. So keep it locked and loaded. It's the day trippers. On tonight's show, we have a special guest on the line as Peter McDowell of LFC TV chats to us about yesterday's frankly batshit victory over Swansea and helps us look forward to the next bout of craziness at St. Mary's next weekend. Moley gets another tripper's cap and has promised me some cool stats and at least one new Shandy-based expression and we finish the show in time-honoured fashion with your listeners' questions. Okay, before we kick off, we're joined by LFC TV's Peter McDowell who will be in town on Thursday to host the Five Times event with Didi Haman and Jamie Carger. Now, it would be remiss of us not to ask him about what's lined up, but first of all, Peter, who has the better job there, yourself or George Sefton, the voice of Anfield? <laughs> I think we're both fairly lucky. The one thing I would say about if it was a competition, and potentially George, because you know I think he's been there since 1974, so, I mean, he's seen everything there is to see, trophy parades around the pitch. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we're hoping that there's going to be a lot more besides in, in the future, but... Um, if it were a contest, it would probably be a walk around his medals, yeah. in a sense, as, as, uh, in comparison to mine. But we're both really lucky. I mean, we're so close to such fantastic times at the minute at Liverpool. I think everybody's got a good feeling about it. And, you know, somebody grew up supporting Liverpool. It doesn't get much better than stood at the side of the pitch and watching all this, this go on and being in the tunnel before games, seeing players... You know, in battle-hardened positions like that, I don't think you really get as close to that. Even as a journalist who's been doing the job for a lot of years, you know, to see players just before they go into battle, I don't think there's 
there's too many sites like that. It's it's pretty insightful, pretty incredible site, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine you're the envy of an awful lot of people. I mean, what is it like, as as you say yourself, a fan to to grow up and and to be working for the club now in official capacity? And has it changed over the years that you've been involved, like uh, with the various setups changing as well? Have you noticed any change in 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 the experience for yourself? Yeah, I think that there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be changes, and you know. My job, whether it's been presented on, you know, radio shows or, you know, presenting on TV, the job is a lot easier. Results are going well because, you know, there's nothing worse than, than fielding calls from fans who are, you know, feeling as though the club's on the slide. So, you know, that's the big thing. When results are going well, I think clubs do change. But, you know, I've been really lucky. We've had managers like Kenny Dalglish, who, you know, I grew up absolutely idolising. He's somebody I speak to socially now and. You know, Brendan Rodgers is just a, a breath of fresh air in that sense. You know, he's 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 somebody that's insightful. You can converse with him about, you know, any aspect of the game or actually any aspect of life. He's just a really decent fella, and um, you know that is it. How it changed. I think football. You, you notice those changes. You, you notice that swell in staff. You know, there's there's more masses. There's more you know TV analysts. There's there's just a massive swell in staff. But it's all about trying to get the club up to up to scratch and. You know, it's not a level playing field anymore, is it? Football at the top level, so it does change. But you know, it's it's still the game we love. I know we moan about it, we moan about the amount of money in the game, but you know, it's still something that excites me going into work every day. I'd imagine it's immensely exciting at the moment as well. You get that impression from Ben that he's the kind of guy who wants to, you know, maybe just stop and talk and put his opinions across to everybody. Is that is that is that, is that impression accurate? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of um, of where Brennan's coming from when he comes to a big club, and and you know, I think he's learned sometimes how being manager of Liverpool Football Club is different to being manager of of Swansea City. With respect, you know, everything is front page, back page news now, isn't it? With, with a Liverpool manager, everything he says can be, you know, turned into a headline. Whereas at Swansea, I think times are a little bit different. So I think there's been a subtle change in. In Brennan, hasn't there? I think he's been a bit more careful when he's going before TV cameras about what he says because you know how, how people make mischief now, particularly, you know, well, we all know that the companies that do it, but I think sometimes it, it's not fair game, is it? So I think he's had to be a little bit careful with that. He's had to rein himself back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a shame if it went that, that way too much because he's, you know, he's a fantastic um, communicator and, you know, the players love him and. You know, I think the fans are coming round. Even the doubters now. I mean, they've gone missing. I've heard the people that doubted whether that was a good appointment in the first place. You don't hear too many of them anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're you're right in what you say. He's he's an enthusiast, not not just about football, but about life as well. And you know, you, you'd love to sit next to him to to have dinner. He's 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 you know, he's a really really top guy. Well, on that on that note of positivity, what can you tell us to expect uh, on Thursday night at the uh, the Five Times gig? <laughs> that's a different that's a different thing altogether is it do you know what we came to we came to Dublin in, in summer and we we tried something out there's a great guy involved with with Liverpool's former players at the moment called Robin Grime who came up with the idea of of five times and, and really trying to well there was three things really you know obviously they want to try and get players busy and uh, you know they want to get them out working get them on the circuit and all the rest of it but they they actually support players that have played you know in the dim and distant past and, and maybe they're struggling financially you know that the organisation's been set up to to try and help them, yeah. and it's also trying to get across to places like like Dublin, which I don't think these kind of lads have done enough of. We had John Barnes, Jan Mulby, uh, John Aldridge, Jason McAteer, and Diddy Haman, and it was like the best stag night you've ever been on in your life for two yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. We went to Belfast first, came to Dublin on the Friday, 
Um, and it's just the appetite, I think. You know, the appetite for Liverpool. You know, we're lucky we, we live on the doorstep, and I think an awful lot of fans based in Liverpool, based across Merseyside, can sometimes be guilty of taking it for granted that they've got the club on the doorstep. Whereas you go to Ireland, I mean, it, the gig was fantastic, but afterwards, you know, seeing fellas in their 40s and 50s in, in tears, seeing these guys that they have grown up idolising mm. because they got an autograph. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. drink, drink played a part in that with a lot of Probably them, a little but, bit, yeah. You know, it was also the fact that they couldn't believe that this thing had arrived in Dublin. And very few things shake somebody like Jan Mulby. You know, he's the <laughs> coolest guy yeah. you'll ever meet yeah. in your life. Yeah. But, you know, singing You'll Never Walk Alone. And, you know, he comes backstage at the end and he's like, that was unbelievable. You know, what a night that was. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a slightly different feel this time because, you know, Jamie's not on the circuit. The other, the other five lads were. Uh, Didier Mann's not truly on the circuit either. But there was only really one city, I think, was a natural place to try it, and that, and that was Dublin. Um, Jamie doesn't want to go on the circuit. He doesn't want to go into after-dinner speaking, and with the greatest will in the world, he doesn't have to because you know the game's been good to him, and sure, yeah. he's, got, he's got a good career now ahead of him as well in TV. But as soon as he found out it was for the ex-players, then you know he, he didn't have any hesitation. So if it's to help the boys out, then, then brilliant, and, and what a city to go to. Um, but this, I think, principally will be you know, two parts on the night. The first part will be about about the Champions League and two players arguably who had the biggest impact on the night yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to finding out two very separate stories from Jamie Carragher who played put his body on the line and then you've got Diddy Haman who you know didn't play a part in the first half actually didn't hear that half time team talk either because he was out on the pitch being warmed up he is the coolest man in football Diddy Haman um, <laughs> and I'm just really looking forward to, to finding out from those two lads who are still very close now as to what those two separate mindsets were from somebody who lived that game and, and, and was sat in the dressing room at half time wondering about what was about to happen yeah. and a substitute coming on to think well what kind of impact can I make on this it's just going to be about damage and limitation and then the second part I think will be about about the current day I'll give the fans who are there on the night the chance to ask some questions uh, questions that they've always wanted to find out from the lads and a couple of special surprises along the way as well I think Excellent. Well, that all sounds very, very exciting and we're looking forward to being there in the night and, and, and meeting yourself as well, Peter. So thanks a million for the background on that. OK, we'll uh, get straight into our post-mortem of the mentalism that occurred at Anfield on Sunday as we grimaced our way through Liverpool 4 and Swansea 3. There's a very kind of interesting cadaver for us to pour over here, some delightful stuff, some pretty gruesome discoveries as well. I suppose we better start with something positive, um, if we can. Um, Maybe focus on one or two of the players that were immense on the day. Um, I know some fellas have different opinions here about the about the about the various um, impo- impact of various people, but Jordan Henderson, um, Damien Flood, pretty immense performance. I think you'd agree. Strength, energy, leadership. Um, even when Coutinho maybe had a quieter match, um, Jared in the first half a quieter match, but wow, he just got better and better as the game went on. I, I think right from the start of the game, the <coughs> Jordan's work rate as normal was phenomenal. The game, as I said last week in the pod, will become very, very stretched. Uh, Swansea play that way. Uh, when I watched the game last week against Napoli, I, I tweeted at the time, and I actually sent a text to Phil as well, look how deep that Swansea are compared to their front line. I think there was 50, 60 yards between them. Mm. That, that kind of, the game was always going to go that way. Uh, we like when we lose possession to drop in and become compact and try to break in numbers when we do. Mm. But on Saturday, it didn't, really, or it didn't really happen that way for us on uh, Sunday. Um the whole game was just opened so much that we actually relied heavily on the amount of work that Jordan actually got through for us. Because yeah. uh, Shelby was making a lot of dangerous runs that was causing us problems. 
But Henderson absolutely worked his socks off for us on Sunday. I thought he was phenomenal. But there was a lot of quality there as well added to the industry. Yeah, I think it's sort of his game. Okay, it's overlooked a lot of the time. He is very, very accomplished in possession of the ball. Um, I think at times it gets overlooked, which I think is harsh against him because he is very, very neat and tidy and he keeps high amount of possession of the ball. Um, he didn't put a foot wrong on, on Sunday for me, mm. and the, the, to add the goals in that, that has been questioned about his game that he doesn't score enough goals is great again. Like if he comes up with another couple like that, fantastic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Peter, would would it be fair to say that, that Henderson is one of, of Roger's success stories really since he's come to the club? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I can remember when I was at LFC TV in, in my last spell, and you know, he'd, Brendan Rodgers hadn't long joined the club then, um, and I can remember interviewing him, and he was out of the team and. You know, he'd not really had too much game time um, under Brendan Rodgers and obviously the Fulham thing came about not too long after. But um, I asked him a question about, you know, what he thought about Brendan Rodgers and he was absolutely waxing lyrical about him. And I said, you you know, if you don't mind me saying, it's very unusual for a a player that's not in a team to be talking that way about a manager that's left him out. And he said, but what he's done is, you know, he's told me exactly what I need to do to get back in that team again and, and to become a a player that, that can you know physically exist in the system and, and the way he wants to play. Um, and there's two things you can do, isn't there, as a footballer? If you, you're, not, you're not in a team, then you can sulk or you can go somewhere else and, and play for a team that's not as good as Liverpool. And, and he's decided to dig his heels in. He's had that sample of what it's like at Liverpool and he wants to make a, a success of himself. And I think he's got a bit of a swagger, hasn't he? You just see the way he is on the pitch now. He's, he's, he's given out to players who he doesn't think are doing well enough in the side and Maybe at the start he was maybe just grateful to be part of that Liverpool thing, and and you know I think he's been given a sp- specific role now, and he's a leader out there, isn't he? Every part of his game has moved on, and um, you know you see him certainly he's an Englishman being part of of a big World Cup for England potentially this summer. I think as a starting player, I don't think he, you know, he needs to be part of the squad. I, I look at, at Jordan Henderson at the moment and think he has to start for England. You know, yeah. I think that's how good he is. Yeah, I suppose it, 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 that involves a lot of second-guessing of, of a, a fella all too familiar to us from the past as well. But, uh, Molly, Jordan Henderson, uh, we've had some glowing reports from there from, from Peter. Would you agree? Oh, I concur 100% with Peter. Uh, for me, Henderson has to go to the World Cup. You know, it, For me, he's actually probably the best midfielder in England at the moment. You know, that, that's in a lot about the guy. He's that's been absolutely show, yeah. superb. Yeah, I, I really think he is. I think at, at the current time, He's probably the best midfield, well, best English midfielder, I should say, right now. You know, at the sooner he's tied on to New Deal, the better. You know, during the game, I was actually quite surprised when Sterling uh, came off for that in as well. Because uh, I thought Coutinho, when you mentioned him there, I thought he had a very quiet game. The game seemed to pass him by. But what I have to say about Rodgers is the three substitutions he's made was absolutely bang on. He got everyone from right. And huge credit has caught him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Phil, you look like you're a man who wants to interrupt there, so please do. <coughs> no, nice uh, cough there. As well. yeah, yeah. He always looks always like a man all, who wants to interrupt. Always, <laughs> always <laughs> waiting until you're just about to talk then, just, just prepared to dive in. Um, I thought, uh, 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 touching on what Modi said, for me, anyway, I thought Henderson started a bit slow yesterday. Um, I thought there was a, a big gap between him and Gerard in the midfield. I, I, I think the, it probably comes to the way we've been set up and being hyper-attacking in terms of being at home. Um, I thought he grew into the game, particularly in the second half, in terms of Henderson. But I think uh, an awful lot changes on uh, with the Joe Allen substitution. Um, yeah, fundamentally, uh, how we played and, and, and what we were doing and what Henderson was then able to do changes because 
I think I, I remember when just before he scored his fourth goal at Henderson, I was thinking to myself, you know, he hasn't really helped out Gerard defensively and didn't seem to be covering as much ground as normal. I think they, we, we talked about it just as well that Shelby was getting the run of that area that was just in front of Gerard and just behind where Henderson and Coutinho was. Um, but in fairness, once Alan comes into the fray, I think I think Alan and Henderson are a great tandem when we're up against teams with, who have a good, strong midfield sense about them. And Swansea are one of those teams that, that their midfield operates as a functioning unit. It's, it's, it's something we touched on a while back. I think on that point, Phil, I think it was noticeable yesterday that when Alan came on, Henderson actually dropped deeper to play beside mm. Alan rather than playing 10 yards forward beside Coutinho. Mm. Well, I, I, again, again, it, it, I, we, we sort of mentioned it last week that in terms of the way the two had been working, there wasn't as much of a gap between Gerard and the two for the, the good performances that we'd put in. Um, and even with Fulham, there was that, the, again, a gap happened in that match. And it wasn't until that gap was narrowed with Gerard moving that bit further forward to, 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 to get closer to Coutinho and Henderson on the night. And then, as it turned out, when Teixeira came in as well, that the teams didn't have the space to play in against us um, and that's really where Swansea had created most of their danger initially in the game I know we'll come on to where they created most of their well, danger of, uh, full stop but like in, in terms of what I, I think Henderson showed a real level of character and, and, and it's one thing as well uh, uh, in what's gone on is that the level of character in these players over, this, over the course of the season is really really strong and you could see it even at 3-0 like previous years we could have gone on to lose that game Shuffle it on one there to Joe Allen you, you mentioned briefly there it, it was more than just a shape that uh, that 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 suddenly magicked into in, into into being when he came on. It was more than his talent or his ability. The intensity was amazing from from Alan. I, I, you know, it was, it was just remarkable. Yeah, we touched on it last week as well. Just on Joe Allen, he's he's he when Joe Allen comes back, he's the type of player that I fully believe needs one, two, three games to get his form and his 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 his, um, his ability up in terms of what he is. He's a real player that needs those couple of games, and then he's into his groove and he looks a different player. So Sort of the same happened when he came back against Everton at that time, got a couple of games and then we went into Spurs and he was unbelievable against Spurs when, when it was Henderson, Allen and Lucas that day. Um, and again, he comes on and he, he's straight into the pace of the game. Like We've seen him come on when he came back from injury and it took him a while to get up to the pace of the actual game. He was straight in and he made such a difference in that midfield. Just again, it becomes a unit, a much more functional unit because they were up against a good midfield in, in, in Swansea's midfield itself. Um, I also think that Shelby going off, <laughs> it's, it's something we, for all the good that we did, Shelby goes off and Swansea didn't have that didn't have that player that was Canyas didn't didn't provide the same options in front of our in front of Gerrard and in that space as Shelby ha, had in the first half. And let's give credit to Shelby like because he, he and he fully deserved. He had a wondrous first half for them. Like he was dropping into the dangerous zones, scored an absolute cracker of a, of a goal. He looked like the player that he showed glimpses of when he was at Liverpool. Um, and, you know, you're looking at him and you say, he, he has great potential in himself. And as much as we're saying that Jordan Henderson looks ph- phenomenal, John Joe Shelby in that game showed what potential he actually could have to go to the next level as well. I, I think that's exactly what has happened with Shelby. He's got the opportunity, like Henderson did, you know, this season. He's got that at Swansea. He was never going to get it at Liverpool. Mm. There was just too many people ahead of him. And mm. for every time he showed a glimpse of potential and you thought, yeah, that's why we bought him, there was too many games whereby he just didn't perform. Um, unfortunately, I think. No, he's a he's a first name on the team sheet, or, or he's he's you know he's a guaranteed name on the team sheet every week for for Swansea, and and that's what that's what the, the lad needed. You know what I mean? To be fair as well, Steve, it might sound like a little bit of a, a back slapping moment for us as Liverpool fans, but you don't get that reaction to his goal on any other ground. Do you? No, 
No, I no, mean, no. It, it was quite stunning to, yeah, to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, and to be fair, I think the reaction, I, I, I'm trying to remember now, but I think the reaction may have come from the way he celebrated. He was almost apologetic. Sorry yeah. I smashed that one in the top corner, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Stephen Brown, Daniel Sturridge, a man who is, to be fair, I, I think, criminally underrated. I know people talk about his goals and he is uh, a star name and all the rest of it, but this fella is on fire. He is a wonderful footballer. And I, 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 I don't think there's half enough being said about him because he's playing alongside the lad he's playing alongside who's, who's one of the best in the world. But it, the fella's immense for us this year. And without, without a question, like the goal record, even taking everything else that he does out of the game, the goals per game record is phenomenal. Yeah. At the moment now, it's the highest in Europe. Ahead of Ronaldo, ahead of Messi, ahead of Ibrahimovic. He's not that level yet, but he's on the way. He's, in my eyes... Sturridge at the moment on form is every bit as good as Torres was at the peak of his powers with us. Yeah, he just eight and eight, eight goals and eight straight league games now. Um, there's only one player that's done it more than him, and that's Van Nistelrooy when he was absolutely running amok for United. Mm. He just he goes onto the pitch and looks like he's going to score every game, every chance, and they're not easy chances. Like yeah. the two goals yesterday weren't easy chances. The first one. He had a lot to do, especially after last week with the Arsenal game. Obviously, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, tried to go around Fabianski twice, didn't come off. Mm. So the first, within the first three minutes, he has a ball slipped through one-on-one with the keeper. And it was a question, what does he do? And just the calmness to actually just look up, go around the keeper and just slot it into the net. Yeah. The second goal, the header, was just brilliant positional play from him. Mm. You could see him actually pull off the back of Ashley Williams. And he was left himself five yards of space, and it's a simple, looks simple, but it really, really is. It's isn't just simple. intelligent play. But yeah. Peter, would that be fair to say? And where does uh, Daniel Sturridge rate for you in in terms of the strikers you've seen in your time there watching watching Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's right up there, isn't he? It was interesting. Uh, I, I missed who it was that mentioned at the top. I don't think he's been given quite the credit that he deserves. We were only talking about that today. A couple of mates of mine, you know, you look at what he's done. I think he's averaging a goal something like every eighty-six minutes now. Yeah. 17 Premier League goals, 20 in all. I mean, he's incredible. And you're actually struggling to find a weakness in his game, aren't you, as well? You know, and, and to have two players like that, Suarez and Sturridge, and, you know, you've all played football before. If you've got, if you've got someone who can score goals and somebody that can keep them out at the other end, then you've got half a chance. And, you know, Sturridge is, um, is frightening. Where he ranks, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet either. I think that's the other big thing. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think we're still to see the the very best consistently week in week out, and and as as he gets to know teammates, and you know he's made a couple of errors here and there. I don't think we'll see him repeat again. Um, I, I I firmly believe the best is still to come from him. That's a very exciting concept indeed. Uh, Molly, uh, his partner up top, Luis Suarez, such a remarkable footballer. This ongoing drought that he has at the moment, when he's playing. Like he is playing when he's contributing. Twenty-three assists. goals and he's on a drought. <laughs> well, he is. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, but still, like, when, when you think about it. Um, so when he's playing like he is, Molly, when he's contributing assists, which he's basically re- replaced his goals with, should we care? I mean, is this something we even worry about? Well, he's on a bit of a drought, really, isn't, isn't he? But should we care? I'd say no. Like Suarez has now got a goal or assist every sixty-two minutes in the league. Like that's just basically after every hour. He's either to score in a goal or assist in a goal. Whatever you look at it, that, that, that is a phenomenal record. It really is. You know, so he's up to nine assists at this stage, which is the joint top in the Premier League. The only worry I have at this stage is that it's gotten a bit late in the season and he might feel a little peckish. But other than that, <laughs> you know, he can carry on the way he's going. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. I, was, I, I don't think it bothers him that, that, that he's not scoring goals, really. Like, this guy has just got a will to win. That's all he wants. He just wants the team to win. He doesn't care if he's scoring three or his storage or, or Mignolet. You know, he doesn't care as long as Liverpool get three points. You do see him get frustrated on the pitch, right, when storage hasn't played through or whoever hasn't played a ball over to him. But I think that's more got to do that. He knows he's in a position. He knows he can finish it. And he knows if he scores, the likelihood is that Liverpool wins. So it's not that he hasn't scored. It's just that he hasn't had the opportunity to put that win, uh, win forward for, for Liverpool. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, the best thing I can say about Suarez, even going through this, a mank mate of mine who absolutely despises him, right? I was out with him on Saturday night. And we were we were just talking about you know Ronaldo get more player of the year and you know Messi and you know what 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 do we see in the World Cup? And he even turned around and said, you know what, Suarez is now in the bracket with those two guys. He said, he said, look, I I don't like him as a, as a person and everything like that because of everything that went on. He says, but he says, look look what he's done. He said, and, and more so than even Messi, he's gone to now different leagues and he's replicated the form. In every league he's gone to, like he blitzed the, yeah. the, the 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 Dutch league when he was there. He's now gone to the English league and replicated the form where he was just scoring free will as it was. Like we're talking, he's twenty three goals in twenty seven games in in, in 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 the league. Like do you know what I mean? And, and he even, missed the first five. I know, and he missed twenty two games. And, and, but this is like this is it, it's a goal a game in, in reality it, in, into what he's, he's turned around in. And yes, he's missed. A, he hasn't scored in a few games, but he built enough up in the bank to keep keep his goal Absolutely. a game record. And and, <laughs> and and the one thing you can bet your bottom dollar on is that he'll score before the end of the season and he'll probably score another five, six, seven goals and, and if, if, if your centre forward is scoring 20 goals a season and I don't care that's, that's, it, that's the return that you want out of yeah. him and you I'm can't ask for more than that Listen, I would be absolutely astounded if he doesn't have 30 goals by the end of the season But do you, you still have to play Norwich so there's a hard trick in there Yeah, there's, anyway, a, there's like. a three hat trick anyway <laughs> Do you not find yourself wincing though over the last few games and saying because you, 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 you're willing him yeah, to just absolutely. burst records yeah. wide open Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, you just, Especially with the five game absence you'd just like you, you'd want him to just burst Just so records. you can say to everybody at the end of the season have you seen what have that seen fella's this done guy, yeah. this guy missed the first five games yeah. and, and also, that's what he's and also to have no um, not, not a hint of doubt about who the player of the year is because he, yeah. he yes. is so far yeah. ahead of everyone else in that league in terms of ability and consistency over the, over the course of this season that if he isn't player of the year it's a, it's it's a, a farce it's a farce it's a yeah. fraud and it's a shame because yeah. the, the, the chap is just I know Aguero's been brilliant for City and Hazard's been great at Chelsea but they're still not in the same category as Luis no. Suarez has been for Liverpool this season Aguero's not far well, off for, for me Suarez is the best player in the world right now he really is I, I'd rate him above Messi and Ronaldo and I'd watch a lot of the Spanish football on Sky Sports I rate him above those two lads I suppose we better um, look at some of the less uh, fluffy happy stuff um, because let's Yay! be, let's be honest, <laughs> the fun part let's be honest the defence was oh, terrifying and uh, can I ask you one question to, to get, get the ball rolling here and feel free to jump in anyone here why can we never ever defend crosses ever we could we caught up, up. We did last week when we had Ali Sissoko and John Flanagan at fullback. Okay, and I see where we're going with this. No, but we we've been able to defend crosses at certain points during the season, um, <laughs> with certain personnel that's been in the team, um, and we we stemmed the flow of crosses more so with, with when Sissoko was in the team. Now, look, we've we, we're gonna. I know we're gonna do this, and I know we've done it previously as well, right? But. As as a defensive unit, we perform better in terms of defending against crosses when we had good defending fullbacks in in the actual team. The fact is, Glenn Johnson's not a good defensive fullback, um, and 
I, I, you know, I, I could throw the argument out that you know it's his first game back after injury and the whole lot, right? But in in that instance, I thought the selection was wrong because it would have been better to put him on with a half an hour to go and get a minute as opposed to throwing him in against a Swansea team who had the likes of Dyer on one flank who was going to get at him, especially when you're playing him at left back with Sissoko coming off good form as well. Um, I just what what annoys me is that he he was just he was so poor defensively, he was so poor positionally, it was. It was a car crash waiting to happen all the time. You were just looking. There was he gave he played a couple of great through balls for Swansea at certain points as well that needed Agger to get him out of jail. And I know Agger was the one that was taken off, but for the life of me, it, it, it was it was a lot. It, look, it was a troll as to who you're going to take off between Skirtle Lager and, and Johnson when the decision was finally made. Um, it's a shame, really, because he ha- he has undoubted talent as as a fullback. But I, I think my my biggest concern is that if this was if this was something that hadn't happened. Um, for a while pre-injury but it was he sort of stepped back into the same form that he had um, pre-injury and we, we put it down that he was carrying injury and, and wasn't up to the, you know couldn't achieve the level that he had up until he got injured previously in, in the actual season Stay on that for one second then what do you make of comments uh, maybe the day before the match from Brandon saying look this guy yeah contract needs to be sorted but this is a guy we want to keep we want to keep a player like this at the club and it feeds back into what we've said before about competition. Does Glenn, is Glenn just automatic and does he know that? Is that part of the situation? Well, I, I, think, there's, I think there's an element in that. I think because if, if you can come back in after an, in, an injury spell and go straight back in and replace a guy who'd been playing so well in, in, in Ali Sissoko. Um, and I know, and listen, I'm not, cl- I'm not saying that Sissoko is, is, is the best left full in Europe or is even the best left full in the club, right? I'm just saying that he'd put in a decent run of form, he hadn't made any mistakes and he looked like he was solid okay we know he, he doesn't offer much on the ball or, or in an attacking sense but I'm just looking at it saying you know it was he didn't need to be bombed out of the team to put Johnson back in because Johnson was fit again um, I, as I said I would have preferred to see Sissoko play and give Johnson minutes towards so that you build him up gradually and hopefully build him up with confidence and, and with a lead on the board so that you know if a mistake happens it's not something that's going to lead to one all and then a two one and then two all and then you know even the cross I know Sterling fell over but the cross stems from the same side the, Dyer makes the run for the first goal and goes straight across himself and Agar and lays the ball off to, to Shelby who, who'd found space and then Johnson was marking Boney at the, when, when the free kick is taken um, and gets uh, and Boney doesn't do much to lose him uh, and he ends up, ends up getting the header on, on, on the actual thing as well so you know that's three mistakes there Damien Flood, is it fair to say that Brendan Reid didn't do him any favours by not only starting him straight uh, and, 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 but persevering with him when, when the kid was clearly off form? I mean, the little moment at the end, remember where he, he just lay down on the ball and said, I'm, I'm keeping this, <laughs> just see, the, see the clock out. That just summed it up to me. He just wanted it over. Yeah, the whole game, the fellow was just, he was so poor right from the start. Um, like, uh, Phil has been talking about it there. Like, on the first goal, like that, that's a simple basic what he does wrong there. Um, like we've all been taught as a fullback, you show the, the player the line and, and then your, your centre half covers. He, he shows him inside, but he doesn't really show him in any particular way. Like I know an Air Force goal, uh, Sturridge does their fullback. Mm. Their fullback hounds him, absolutely hounds him right across the edge of the box and he, he manages to get it back. Johnson just fucking lets him go. He doesn't even track him across. He just it's it's really like I'm not taking responsibility. It's like he doesn't want to take responsibility for anything at the moment. Yeah. The the second goal then is floated in. He doesn't make any effort to stay with Boney. Like it kind of the run is half blocked and he he doesn't like he should kinda of have a little grasp and a little holding. Um, and then 
the third goal comes from him, actually himself. I think he gives away possession, and then no, Sterling. There's a bit he's involved there was, there was, there in it. Messing though. around yeah. on, on that side. Yeah. Now yeah. it wasn't directly a fault, but like it, it's coming down that flank. And I said to you, I thought they targeted his flank in particular because when you think about the game most of their attacks seem to come through Dyer down that side they seem to just really target that flank and go I, I would say Rogers' thinking in this is that okay we, we want Johnson on the ball in this game we want to get high up the park mm. we want to get three or four goals in this game and I don't think it panned out the way he expected it probably and for them to come back at us the way he did then what do you do like you actually destroy the man's confidence is probably struggling as it is yeah. the whole off's going to destroy it completely so he's probably thinking let's leave him on and what's, what's the lesser the the two yeah. bad players like I, I, I think it's a double edged sword there as well from, from what Brian's done um, because I think what you've got now is a fella who's even more devoid of confidence after coming in yesterday yeah that's kind of what I was driving at yeah. and, and Suzoko sitting there thinking well, what the fuck have I done wrong you yeah. know what I mean I've been solid and, and this, believe me as we all know I'm, I'm someone that slaughtered him at the start but he's done nothing wrong in, mm. in a number of games now and I'm actually not certain that we need Okay, I won't say we don't need Glenn Johnson when he's on top form, but I'm not sure we need marauding fullbacks in the way we're playing at the moment. I think what we need is a solid back four that's that's actually willing to sit and and maybe not add as much to the attack as what Johnson would have in his in his absolute pomp, you know, last season when he was when he was flying and and being discussed about, you know, as as one of the top right backs. I think having a, a you know a, a Flanagan and a Sissoko there just to keep things stable is actually a positive for us at the moment. Well, we, Steve, we're talking a minute about how John Flanagan might be just that player that you've described, a solid guy who maybe doesn't offer just as much going forward. But before we do that, Stephen Brown, I know you wanted to speak about our central defensive partnership of Skirtland Agar, led a merry danced there by Boney in many ways uh, shenanigans at the back every time Swansea got the ball every cross was heart attack inducing Colo came in Colo, Colo was meant to, to calm things down Colo nearly got one of the most spectacular run goals I've ever seen what, 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 do, we, what do we make of, of the two lads on the day and, and what was your take on it we as bad as, as bad as Agar and Skirt looked yesterday it comes from the fullbacks. we had a conversation about this um with regards to Skirtle not being as comfortable with Johnson at right full as he is with Flanagan. Right. And it looked yesterday as though Agar wasn't as comfortable with Johnson at left full as he would have been with Sissoko. Okay. It's as if no one at, in the back five, including the keeper, trust each other. Uh, they all seem to trust Flanagan, who's the youngest and least experienced of a lot of them. But they don't seem to trust the international players that have 40, 50, 60 caps between like each it's yesterday was laughable like the penalty doesn't happen if Skirtle trusts Agar because Agar won the ball comfortably Boney was never getting across in front of Agar but Skirtle didn't trust him it's Colo Torre came on and calmed everything down like that's a statement did, did, that you did, never thought you'd did say you, like, did you feel calm when Colo arrived no I didn't feel calm <laughs> but he calmed Skirtle down he made Skirtle Look better. He, yeah. he made Skirtle more look more solid than I'll, he was. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing that Torre did when he came on. Right, um, he knew that there was twenty minutes left on the clock. Right, and he took no chances. And we, I know Brendan is a big advocate of playing out from the back in the whole lot. Right, but the one thing Torre did did was look. We have a result here. If nothing gets past Hoover. us again. We have the three points in the bag, and he took he, he took no like he, he, he just didn't take any risks. He cleared he cleared his lines as best as he could and when he could. And you know, in certain games, especially in a game like that, which was ebbing and flown, and we were making mistakes at the back. There was uncertainty that was going on. Better off clear your line. 
you're not you're not gonna yeah. you, like we come out with three points, um, and it's not something that he that he should be criticised in in that instance for for what he did. I, I like I I'm I'm a fan of Torre, and I I think I think my take on the partnerships is if if I was looking at the at the, the centre halves that we have, I think that Skirtland Sacco are a great combination because when they played together it was very solid mm. and I also think Torre and Agar are a combination because I think both Sacco and Torre provide a physicality that neither Skirtle or Agar provides when, when they play at centre half and if you play Skirtle and Agar they can get bullied by opposing centre forwards in the way that Boney did um, and in the way that that, that um, Lukaku did in, in, in the derby in, in Goodison as well as the because physicality sorry for coming off as well as the physicality they don't provide leadership when they play together Skirtle and Agar, for some reason, it just they don't. Well, see I, I, I don't buy that because I've seen I've seen Agar lead the defence and I've seen him talk very well and the whole lot. Like we, the other thing you've got to take into account with Agar as well is that he, he is coming back. It was a second game back, a second full game back at start after injury. So th- there's a bit of that going into it. But Agar can, is, can be a leader in that defence. But you know yourself, if, if if a couple of mistakes have happened on the day and you've given away soft goals, that you know leadership can be hard to find. And, and the one thing that Colo does is he brings leadership into that back four when he comes on. Whether 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 everyone's a bit nervous or not, but he does bring it in and, and calms shit down. Well, that's it. And you you talk about you talk about calming shit down, clearing your lines, and just being no nonsense. Didn't it sum up the game that the poor the poor pair, uh, pair had a, in 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 both uh, Johnson and Skirtle that when Glenn tried to clear his lines, he kicked it off Skirtle's head and then he went in for a long goal. I mean, that's that moment was just it was just horrific. Um, Moley, let's sort of bring it back up again. John Flanagan, maybe wasn't as impressive as he's been in the first half but by God he played his way into that game didn't he? Well, I said a couple of weeks ago that Flanagan for me should be our, our number one fullback, and you know, it doesn't bother me if he's on the right hand side or the left hand side Flanagan for me should probably be the fifth sixth player on that team sheet after your Sterling Suarez's Sturges Gerrards Flanagan is next up for me he's been that, that impressive Look, the first half you're right it was kind of a slow start for him, wasn't it? He wasn't up up to his usual standards. But the second half, the amount of character that he showed, you know, he, he was absolutely fantastic. Again, I'd actually prefer him on the left-hand side up to the right-hand side, even though I know he, he's naturally right-footed. I think he makes a better left-back than he does a right-back. William Rod's forward on the left-hand side, he, he likes to cut in to, to his right foot and he can pass the ball and continue, put us in the true ball to Sturge or Suarez River. On the right-hand side, he tries to whip in that ball, and crossing is one of his weaknesses. But, you know, that, that could be worked on in time to come. He's still, still a young kid. I've been hugely impressed with him since he came in. Peter, uh, we've, we're, we're speaking about, we're speaking about um, John Flanagan there, and we're talking about how, you know, um, he's got tremendous potential. But as a fella who's local, um, it, it, it's, it's extra special, isn't it, to have a guy mm. that good coming through? Yeah, and I think there's a desperation as well in this part of the world, lads, to see him succeed. Um, you know, you speak to people like John Aldridge and, you know, people who've come through the, the local ranks, and I think it does mean a little bit more. And, you know, he's come through, he's he, he's had that period where, you know, he came from nowhere to play, then he's had to go back out and respond again, hasn't he? And, you know, Brendan Rodgers, I know, is, is somebody that's really keen on, on him, not just for, for the ability that he's shown on the pitch, but for that character that he's shown off it. And, and we've heard that time and time again, haven't they, with players. He doesn't just mention the fact that they're you know, particularly good in the position that they play or they fit into that system. It's it's all about the character that they've shown. And you know, he's the most unassuming lad you'll ever meet, John Flanagan, as well. Doesn't particularly like doing interviews, very shy. Um, and, and, and as I say, you know, a real desperation in this part of the world to see a scouser come through 
And you know, there's nothing to say that he couldn't be Liverpool's full-back choice at left or right back for for the next ten years. And you know, they'd be very proud to see that that tradition come on, just like with Jamie Carragher. And I know he's given him lots of help in there, and you know, still texts him after games to tell him what he's done really well, what he needs to improve on. And I think that's a lovely part of it as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, I suppose that kind of helps us move a little bit on towards our, our preview of Southampton versus Liverpool next Saturday evening. Liverpool need to up their away game uh, on the run-in. Um, they've got a less than impressive on-the-road record. Uh, it's been one of the few negatives this year. So transitioning in from one talk about defence to the other, what does the defence look like, Stephen Daly? Um, does Brendan try to go with stability, name the same uh, four again, consistency, or is there a change? Um, I'd, I'd prefer to see... Um, a change I'd like to see Johnson come back out I, I personally would I'd like to see Sissoko back in at left full and leave it with, with um, Flanagan and Sissoko on the wait I don't think he's going to I don't think he's going to bring um, Torre back in um, it's possibly advisable given the fact that they're going to be playing against Ricky Lambert and big strong physical forwards tend to score goals when, when Agar and Skirtle pair, you know, pair it at centre half um, but I don't think he will in, in saying that, he, you know, I think I think Bren has been very um, courageous in his in his um, in spotting the problems yesterday, and he's done that a few times this season where he's seen something not working and has dealt with it early. And uh, he did it yesterday by by uh, like we said, it was it was either Johnson or Agar for the hook, and it happened to be Agar that got it. Um, so where that leaves him now, coming up to the weekend, I don't know, um, but I think he may just you know, it's his vice captain at the end of the day. I think he might just have that little bit in the same way he's talking about get Johnson getting a new contract. Admittedly, that was before the game yesterday, so <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe he's had to think about things. But no, in, in, in oh, all no, seriousness, no, 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 uh, we said we do it next week. Yeah, <laughs> oh, listen, I'll, I'll get one of the lads to give you a shout. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Oh, I, I, I forgot my pen. <laughs> no, but in, but in all seriousness, um, I would like to see it going back. I don't think Sissoko's done anything to to be dropped yesterday. I think it was a bad move. Um, we got the points. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't care what the lineup is. I really couldn't care anymore. That's a show. I what's want, that about? <laughs> what I mean by that is, I just you realise I don't, I don't you realise this is a Liverpool pod. Don't you? We're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> why do you ever tell you <laughs> with your blue microphone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree, Jim. If the season ended tomorrow, I'd be happy. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me, Molly. I'd prefer the extra three points to go ahead of Arsenal, though. But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what? I, wa- I said it to the lads today. I want to. I want us to finish level on points with Arsenal, and that spanking at Anfield be the reason we finish ahead of them on goal difference. <laughs> it would fucking make my year for that to happen. I would absolutely love it. I'd give up finishing three or four points ahead of them just to finish level with them and beat them on goal. Go ahead of them on goal. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad strain in New Delhi. A bad strain. <laughs> Closet blue that you are. Phil Casey, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, um, on, on, again, similar to, to what uh, Stephen said, I, 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 I'd, personally, I'd have Torrey back in the team. And I'd, I'd probably leave Skirtle out with this one and put Agar in. And Agar and Torrey. It comes back to what I said a few minutes ago that I believe that the Torrey Agar partnership is a good partnership in, 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 and they have a bit of confidence between them. And that was the one that was racking up the clean sheets at the start of the season. Um, they had two on the bounce. I know Agar then missed the, the two United. old ones on the bounce. <laughs> Listen, two on the bounce. <laughs> <A> formidable partnership. <laughs> <laughs> two on the bounce is two on the bounce, right? <laughs> it's a winning run. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I'd, I'd stick them in. Um, 
um, I'd, I'd agree on the Sissoko show. But for me, I, it comes back to the Sunderland. It reminds me an awful lot of the Sunderland game away where we just wanted to get the three points and make sure we, 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 we got them on the board early in the season. And one of the things that happened that day was that Mignolet was, was, was very domineering in, in, around his box. Um, he came... now. The thing that people have to remember about Mignolet when he came was he wasn't the type of goalkeeper that was you know quick off his line and, and, and do this. And we've had many conversations on this about him in terms of the style of goalkeeper he is and the whole lot, right? Um, I just want to see him come. He's a flapper, and that's what he was at, uh, at Sunderland. He punched the stuff more. He pushed stuff away more than uh, clear catches. But at least he was coming. And I think an, an awful lot of the uncertainty we talked about stemmed from the fact that he wasn't quite sure whether to come or not to come. And there was a good few times you, say, you saw about Skirtle and even Torre when they came on turn around and say, look, will you come for it? Come, that, that's your ball. I, I shouldn't be clearing it from yeah, here. Skirtle had a couple of right goals it, on Yeah, it. exactly. And it, it's just, it, it's, it's, that if we go with that back four, I'd, I'd like to think that they're saying to Simon, listen, you need to, this is where we need to be brave. If we're going to go and get finished toward or finish higher in, in the actual league, this is where we need balls, we need courageousness and we need bravery. And you need, this is where you need to step up now and show uh, what we talked about last, last week, your next level, your next level, right? You're an unbelievable shot stepper. Now let's, let's do it. You're better off. If you're going to make a mistake, don't make a mistake for being hesitant and not being sure about coming for something. Make it because you can't, you made the right decision and didn't execute it properly. Not that you want them to make a mistake, but you know what I mean? It's like, make it for making, make a mistake. If you're going to make a mistake, make it doing the right thing as opposed to doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Quite happy. Well, stay there, and I'm going to come to a couple of people on this. This particular match, since Brandon took over, and Pochettino's been, since Pochettino's been appointed, it's not gone well um, for Brandon. He's been, look, apparently, or ostensibly anyway, out-taught. Um, it's, a, it, it's a massive game for him, isn't it, personally? But both them times we played them was exactly what I was saying. They let us have possession of the ball, and they hurt us then in transition. Mm. Um, and that's what we, we are normally weak in transition. Uh, so both times he's got a tackle spot on against us I think Brandon might have learned something from the last two times he played us and he might just try to turn it on the set um, and, and let them have possession of the ball and we catch them in transition that, that's the way I'd say how I'd approach the game anyway myself yeah. uh, Steve Daly would you concur there with um, Mr Flood's tactical thoughts yeah um, myself and Phil were at the game at Anfield earlier in the season <laughs> and uh, for our sins um, no to be so fair so I was wretched oh, you were, sorry yeah. I forgot you were at that one as well yeah um, like, yeah, I remember he wouldn't come for a point to us afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I remember that, he kept coming up with oh. stupid excuses. I don't like. actually like. Oh, I, I left my dog outside. I'm growing my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bojo. <laughs> That's been ages. fucking it's great. Been, to be fair, I have enough hair in my head now for the two of us, so don't worry about it. Steve, your hair's not coming anywhere near me, you dirty kid. He's to the game. Um, yeah, no, you know fuck what? off. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, Gerard had a, an amazing uh, free kick saved early in the game, and it could have been a complete completely different match we looked nervy it was early in the season we played that game again now we won't be having this conversation I'm nervous because it's getting you know so close to the end of the season now I'm not nervous because I think Southampton are actually going to be a better side than us Um, and that's my honest opinion we have been ropey on the road but you know what I think people are overshooting that a little bit so three points dropped against Hull is the only major disappointment looked at the, the draws this season I think it's been West Brom which was a which was a poor performance by us the derby which is always up in the air and and by rights we should have put to bed every before we let them back into it um newcastle and villa Mm. okay there are four draws okay and villa we were lucky to get something out of newcastle yet again another game where we should have absolutely smashed them they were down to they were down 10 men weren't they Mm. yeah Yeah. um and you know so 
I'm thinking about it. I don't think our away form is as poor as it's made out to be because we've played the big teams already away from home, apart from United. We've played our main rivals um, away from home, you know, and... Molly, is that fair that the, the the negative away form has been overplayed because of the nature of the opposition? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, look, let's be honest, they're, they're a bit of a bogey team of late, aren't they, Southampton? Yeah. And I am a bit nervous about, about this game on the weekend. But I think this close to the season, we're in fourth place. Every game's a cup final right now. I think we're just going to go for it. I really do. Mm. And I don't. I, Southampton haven't been playing the greatest of late anyway. I thought we've no excuses not to go there and not get a result, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of some of the personnel who may or may not make their way in, we've spoken about the defence. Pete, do you think uh, Joe Allen's wonderful showing there when he came on as a substitute uh, might be something that would have uh, made him come to the fore in Brendan's thoughts now in this, in this away fixture? I heard the end of the Joe Allen one. Just, just give me that one Yeah, again. yeah, I was just basically saying that uh, Joe Allen's a, a man who basically really impressed when he came on the other day do you think he's done enough there in that little cameo to force his way into first team reckoning now for this away match I think I think he's in the reckoning yeah I, mean, I thought he was faultless when he came on uh, the other day and um, do you know what again it's, it's about the huge expectation there is around Liverpool fans and you know bear in mind he came with a, a price tag that he had nothing to do with he came as a baby as well I mean he was 21-22 when he signed um, you know, his, his girlfriend had a baby not so long after they moved to Liverpool as well. I'd always lived in Swansea. I think all of this we, we kind of forget from time to time. It was interesting hearing Jason McAteer talk about that at the weekend. And he said, you know, you when you go onto a pitch and you're playing for Liverpool, he said, you can feel the expectation, you can feel the pressure. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. He said, but what you have to do is you have to, to grow a big pair of shoulders. And pardon the pun, but, you know, he had that shoulder injury where... You know, at one stage he was he was struggling even to celebrate a goal. Fact, you know, he, was yeah. in that, he was in that much pain with with the injury that he had. Now he's back fully fit again, free from injury. I think we can truly start to to judge Joe Allen. And you know, I think, and it's only my opinion, but you know, I think Liverpool have have got a real player for the future here. He's very intelligent. You know, can play in a variety of roles. Can play up. You know, f- further up just behind a. A striker, he can play that holding midfielder's role as well. I think there's real potential there for for us to see a true Liverpool player in Joe Allen. I was delighted to see the way he played at the weekend. Absolutely. Pete, can I just ask you, uh, uh, your own opinion, do you think that maybe Liverpool fans sort of miss what he actually brings to the team in terms of, like, everyone is, it was, you know, we're, we're accustomed to the type of midfielders that the likes of Jan Molby and Jabby Alonso was, where they can sit sort of yeah. deep and pick passes out, you know, 50, 60 yard passes and put them on, 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 a, on a penny piece and he's just, you know, just these wonderful long range passers but what Joe Allen does is he continues to keep a tempo going in the game and you know mm. can, can allow a, a sort of relentless build up of pressure on a team just by keeping the ball and not letting them have the ball at all Yeah but you know we saw a different role that he played uh, yesterday altogether didn't we at mm. uh, the weekend where he was he was pressing further up the pitch he was looking to dispossess you know in, in, in the final third so I think he can he can do that role as well but you know on the original question I think he's a player's player isn't he Joe Allen I think if you were playing alongside him you would you would truly appreciate what what he brings to uh, to a game, mm. you know. And the more studious fans, I think, do spot what he can bring too. But again, I think this this scientific way in which we, we measure players from time to time, I think a lot of people forget just how impressive he was when he came to the club. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of people saying at that stage, 
here before Luis Suarez broke through. This this is Liverpool's player of the season. Yeah. His impact was was immediate. It was it was you know it was powerful. It was everything that I think fans had expected from Joe Allen. And then the injuries came, and I think then you know young players have that dip, and and sometimes they don't get out of it, or they can't shake off the injuries, and and people already judge you by them, don't they? And then there's the price tag, and it can be quite hard for you to to worm your way back and and to reconvince fans that maybe you are a Liverpool player and you do have what it takes to, to turn their heads a little bit. Yeah. Stephen Brown, if uh, Joe Allen does come in to the team at the weekend, is it going to be at Phil Coutinho's expense or maybe does Raheem Sterling miss out? Um, it's it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another. You can pick either or, depending on what shape you want to go with. Um, I can't see the shape changing too much. I can't see him going and I, I, as the lads are saying, I think at this stage in the season, four points off the top, Rogers is just going to go for it. I think it's going to be Kevin Keegan, Newcastle madness now from now to the end of the season. Just lumping everything forward. And so what? <laughs> just for fucking, that's all I want. I'm fucking sick of boring football for the past few years. Let's just go bananas. <laughs> to be fair, Steve told us with his predictions today. He was, yeah. We were finishing yeah. second ahead yeah. of City and Arsenal. So yeah. Yeah. I think he's he's, he's on an am. ultimate po- optimist buzz at the moment. <laughs> Seven nil wins from now till the end of the season. Well, st- <laughs> Seven six. <laughs> Steve will balance it out. Twelve more wins. We're going to get. Steve will balance it out there. As, twelve as, wins as, uh, over eleven. Yeah, twelve wins. <laughs> As a resident pessimist, a pessimist, yeah. yeah. If, 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 if Stephen's looking for balls out football, what, what, what do you see happening in terms of Joe Allen coming in? Who, who, who does he? Who I, steps out? I think personally, um, Phil Coutinho might start losing his place for away games. I think, I think if if Bren is sensible, I keep on calling him Bren as if he's my mate. Yeah, you are a friend to the stars. You are a friend to the stars. To be fair, so that's understandable, but. Flash is your phone book there. Yeah, yes, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, in in, um, in in fairness, no. It's I your lustrous locks. It is. It's it just, it just. Don't be jealous, you both. Irish escorts don't you? Getting back to it. Um, no, I think yeah, I think Coutinho. Cool. I think I think Coutinho <laughs> might have to step out for some of the away games. I think he just. I think he gets lost a little bit in some of the away matches, and I think that's where Alan could actually. Um, benefit the team uh, on the whole. I think we have to keep Sterling, um, Sturridge, and Suarez up top. I think they just offer so much uh, dynamism and and just uh, a cutting edge that no other, uh, apart from City, no other team in the league has that cutting edge. Mm. Floody, if if um, if Luis Suarez clicks, somebody's going to get an awful pace tonight, aren't they? He, he's knocking on the door, isn't he? Like, kind of, he could have scored two or three the other day, and mm. on another day. Probably would have. Uh, he, as I said last week and last couple of weeks, he has struggled slightly because of the role he's been asked to play at the moment, where he is being asked to fill in, he is being asked to play slightly wider. Um, I think, as Phil said, and I've, I've said it a few times, we've got to get more fluidity between them two boys. Um, like when, when it's not happening for one, they should pop in, pop out, and, and rotate between the two of them. It's not really happening at the minute. I think if, if Suarez gets a, a real run, 15, 20 minutes, maybe even a half an hour through the middle, He'll start banging goals in again, hmm. um, but I, I don't see any issue with him not scoring at the moment. Hmm. As long as he keeps assisting, as long as we keep scoring goals as a team, he, he, it's it's happy days. Like. Yeah, you never feel it's it's not going to happen. You just feel it's only a matter of time, yeah. don't you? Um, Molly, to 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 bring you in on this, what as a man who tends to be in the know about things, what, what exactly do you think is is going on there in St Mary's? Um, you've got. Uh, 
Sorry, I've got Phil. Phil's losing shit here. Beside, yeah, you've got yeah Cortesi there. Um, uh, his departure seems to have upset things a little bit. Would that be fair to say? Or? Honestly, I'm not really too sure what's going on there. Like this Cortese guy left, and it was like a post mortem over in St Mary's. I was thinking, well, what's the big deal? Is this guy some kind of a guru? Like, what's? I think he was only like a managing director or CEO or something like that. So honestly, I don't know what the big issue was with him leaving. Mm. Uh, no, having said that, I think Southampton are one of those teams that. Early on in the season, they're fantastic. They'll absolutely blitz other teams. They start off, kind of like Everton were a couple of years ago. They would do absolutely brilliant up till Christmas and after then. Well, let's hope you're right in that show. Just, just on that, right? I suppose the looking at Pochettino's setup and the way he, way he wants the team to play, he, he is... Well, he was coached and is seen as a disciple of Marcelo Bielsa, right? Mm. And most of Bielsa's teams used to do their damage in the first two thirds of the season, and then there will be an inevitable fade off because t- the the intensity that his that Bielsa wants his team to play at seem to always nearly end up with the teams losing um, not so much intensity but f- fatigue creeping in as it came towards the end of the season. A great example was Bielsa's Bilbao in the run they had that year to the UEFA Cup final. Their league form nosedived from February onwards because the players were absolutely exhausted as they went for a team that was going so well there was a you know that that level of upset within the actual camp that that could be seen from the outside happened and since then the run hasn't been great Um, look Southampton have been doing phenomenally well considering you know they were fighting relegation this time last year they're a good side and if you make mistakes against them they will punish you right Um, Lambert is a good centre forward he's a Liverpool fan as well and like you know we can't go there expecting just to be able to turn up and roll them over. I don't think we'll go there with that mentality. Um, they've got some really good players. I really like your man Adam Lallana. I think he's a, he's he's a smashing, smashing player for, for you know an English number. Like he's actually one of the the best number tens I've seen England produce in a long, long time in terms of the way he plays the game. Ward Prowse is another ph- phenomenal talent. The two fullbacks that they have, Shaw and is it? Nathaniel Klein. Yeah, Klein, Klein, yeah. yeah, Klein and Shaw are wonderful, wonderful fullbacks. Shaw is like, fabulous. Like, their potential they have is, is is just off the charts, and you know they're already being moved with big moves, and and the midfields are now shrinking violets either in Wanyama and and Schneiderlin as well. So, listen, I'm not made, They're not champions of Europe it's going to be a tough match it's been a tough match against Pochettino Brendan has faced over the last two games and we just have to be conscious this is not going to be a 4 or 5 nil game um, no. so you know let, let's let, let, as I said and I think there's a realism here we get there we get 3 points doesn't matter if it's 1-0 or 26-25 or we get fucking 3 points and that's it Steve Daly the more I'm listening to Phil Casey going waxing lyrical about Southampton the more nervous I'm getting what's your take on the threat that they pose to us um, yeah, um, it's a hard one for me because I, I, in my head, I'm actually thinking we should beat them. I'm actually thinking this is when we start to put our this is when we start to put our away form um, back on track. I, I genuinely think this could be the game where we do it, and I hope I'm right. He needs to get it tactically right, um, and if he does, I think we'll win the game. I think we, I think regardless of how good they are, how nice their fullbacks are, and everything else, and and Lovren, you know, <laughs> nice fullback, nice fullback. They're, they're a lovely set of lovely, fullbacks. Lovely, lovely fullbacks. Fullbacks. <laughs> Look at you and your lovely fullbacks. <laughs> and your lovely um, hair. But, but, but in all fairness, as good as they are, we, we, we've got more quality than them, and yeah. we just have to make sure it shines through on the day. Damien Flood, is that fair? If, if, if both teams play to their potential, we should, we should win? Again, I think it's purely down to whatever way tactically both managers set this up. Um, I'd be quite happy for Wanyama Schneiderland to be in possession of the ball because 
they're fucking brutal in possession of the ball. They're, they're more, they're, they're more set up to break play up. Break play up. <laughs> Stephen Brown said the exact, exact same thing about Wanyama, and he had an absolute belter against us in our field. In fact, his words was, give the ball to Wanyama, he's Let a bag of shite. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he fucking destroyed us. He's <laughs> <a> jinxy bastard. <laughs> But I, I would let them have possession of the ball and I would play see, see, the this, same this room was worse than a bag of black field. hats but how <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay uh, look let's let's push it around the, the, the table and see if we can get some predictions um, Pete I'll start with you as, a, 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 as our guest could you maybe give us a shout for how you think this is going to go uh, oh, Liverpool went tough game um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win Two one win. We'll we'll take that. Molly, uh, your prediction. And I know you were you were dying to throw some stats at me. So if you want to do the two things, go ahead. Well, I'll go a prediction first of all. The prediction I'm going to go for is one on. I just have a bad feeling. It's like what about the Fulham game a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Just a bad feeling. I take one all at this stage. I think it would against Southampton. You know, and especially with Lambert up there because I think Lambert is going to cause us trouble. Hmm. Like a couple of quick stats there. Like basically. I just got back there and decided. Yes. You you take your time, fellas. No, don't, don't worry about it. Just getting Google up there again, Molly. <laughs> just getting the internet. <laughs> here's, here's a couple of stats that my mate Opta put together for me. <laughs> ignore, ignore, Molly. Go ahead, mate. Go ahead, go ahead. There's no need. Basically, twenty-six percent of all the goals we've conceded have come from a hitter. Like that, that would suit Lambert down to the ground. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Martin Skirtle, he has had to hate. 291 clearances out of the box that's more than any other player in the Premiership so to me it just looks like that, that other teams have seen that this is a weakness as I think Phil said earlier on Mignolet doesn't really come for the ball yeah. so we can I, I, you get on to the Southampton wingers people like Zadana going to get down that wing whipping the ball for Lambert and I think that's, that is going to be our weakness over the weekend so that's why I'm going to go one all Moley I'm just thinking if Peter brings this little podcast over to Ian Eyre, we're going to sign a commercial deal with Panadol now after that last stat for the amount of headers we're having to put out of the box. Moving swiftly along. I think the next nearest guy is Ben Davis or Swansea or something like that. He's like 40 headers more than him a hit. I think that's a crazy set. 291 headers we've had clear from our box. Molly. Molly, I'm going to outstat you. In the, in the major European leagues, only Real Madrid with 71 goals have, got, have scored more than Liverpool with 70. Barcelona on 70. Man City 69. PSG 62. How do you like that? That's great. Does that, that include Champions League games as well, is it? Or? I think they're league matches only, yeah. Just league matches. Yeah. But even at that, being up with the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid for goal-scoring records. I think it was a Brendan Rodgers say that it may have been last season that we need to score 70 goals they get into the Champions League. Yeah, which well, we're on 70 now, so... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah you well... just stop scoring. <laughs> 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 yeah. right. Pack it up, lads, we're done. <laughs> to be fair as well, that day... Nil all, nil all, nil all, nil all, nil all. To be fair, your, 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 your uh, draw would keep us on track for that um, average that you need for Champions League too. Um, Steve Daly, your show. Um, I was going to actually shout in, uh, 3-1 win. Just <laughs> <laughs> edited in by Phil because he sounds like that. Yeah, well, my usual shout is Suarez. I'd say I'd go for the 2-1 bandwagon, two goals from Suarez, Phil Casey. Just wait to see the predictions being cut down. It'll just be, just watch the yeah. prediction. 2-1, Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get straight on then with the listeners' questions. First one's from Nick, and Nick asks, uh, and this is for you, Molly, 
what part of the human body do you hate most? He mentioned belly buttons. Apparently, he hates the little fuckers. So, what part of the human body do you hate most, Molly? Fees. I, I even hate even saying the word fees. <laughs> what really annoys me is, did you ever see those ads? There's this like, young professional couple, they're out and they're picking out a new sofa and they're jumping on it. They always have bare feet. What, what, what's the deal with that? When was the last time you saw someone in Harvey Norman picking out a sofa? <laughs> Coming in in their flip-flops and ripping them off and having a fucking dance on the couch. It's the first thing you think about when you're going sofa shopping. I don't wear shoes today. <laughs> Have clean yeah. socks on. And then last, it's toes. Like, you only need your big toe and your small toe. So you have three toes that you just don't need at all. And that that fact alone just freaks me out that you don't need them. So what are you doing there? <laughs> That's fucking marvellous. I, I like feet, Mowdy. Oh no, no! I can't even say the word feet. I'd say I've barred the missus even walking around and barefoot in the house. I can't bother. Throw them up here. Do you lick her toes? Yeah, oh no, god! <laughs> give her key, give the feet now a kiss. Do Anthony? Any more? Oh, sh- me a bit of loving. Fuck her <laughs> oh, god, I'm fucking winning here. Any more shouts for body parts that people hate in particular? The bars. What? The bars. That's sweaty. It's the best pair of Pyrenees. It's the tisn't. <laughs> yeah. The bars. The bit bars, between yeah. your balls and your arse. Tisn't your arse, tisn't your sack. Perineum. Tisn't your gooch. Bars. Okay. Yeah, that is that is a no go yeah, zone right it's, there. It's ridiculous. For who? In, in the summer. Do you know what? It's really, really fucking hot now. What are you going to nearly grow mushrooms down there. Oh, no. Have a shower. Wash you still do. If you just shave, <laughs> well trimmed down there. Exactly. Can help. You oh. big hairy badger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one up. This is from JFT ninety six. He's concerned about your anatomy, especially Andy's. Actually, I think Andy started this show, um, and he asked a very salient question. He says, "Is everyone's Mickey still in one piece after yesterday's game?" <laughs> In other words, uh, did it get pulled off and thrown at the TV? Anybody want to admit to that? I didn't throw it at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, not until the station came on, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ten minute preview. It takes, it takes Steve Brown two ten minute previews. Oh, <laughs> you light some candles. I'm not going. I'm at that point in my life. I don't even have the three numbers dialed into the skybox before I'm already done. <laughs> That's good effort. Um, right. Fucking wanker. Next one up is from Floyd. Is good. Floyd says, there's a movie of your life, uh, Damien Flood. Who do you want to play you? You normally give a shout like fucking De Niro or Pacino or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, McConaughey. The same one that true detective is a kill bastard. So, yeah, I think it's McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. It's a bit like you and Dallas Boyers Club. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's... Just ace <laughs> down right. <laughs> oh, there was five of them. <laughs> I go for Ryan Gosling. Why? It's because I like him. Fuck yeah, Molly. Who would you? Sh- who would you? Who would you want playing you? Realise that we fucking scientific <laughs> reasons behind these questions. <laughs> That's there the was a question a couple of weeks ago about um. What's what celebrity you most look like? Yeah, my nickname many years ago, back in the good old days, was Keanu Reeves because people used to think I used to look like him. So I, I'll pick him. I'll go with Keanu Reeves. Oh, man, That's fucking nice. Yeah, I like that. Anyone else going to shout to me? Yeah. Every time, uh, Michael asks us, "How do you garnish your chips? Vinegar, ketchup, tomato sauce, mayonnaise, or something else?" Batch loaf. 
That's not a garnish. That's a fucking... It fucking is when you wrap them in the... <laughs> yeah, fucking I. Frank, Frank's hot sauce. Oh, specific. Yeah, I fucking hate ketchup and mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, the devil's cum. I'm telling you. <laughs> and cucumbers are the devil's mickey. I'm telling you out straight now. People who eat mayonnaise are fucking sick. I can't wait. Oh, We're going to have a something fucking, fucking wrong with Cucumber them. mayonnaise sandwiches for everyone. Oh, <laughs> Frank's hot sauce, though. Yeah, Frank's hot sauce. Frank's hot sauce. Legend. A legend. A legend. Yeah, it's quality. Yeah, thanks for getting into detail on that one as well. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, that's salt and vinegar, a bit of ketchup. That's it, straight up traditional shout. Next one is from Shane, um, Stephen Brown. Favorite cereal as a kid, or even now if you're still a cereal man? It depends on what day of the week it is. Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday in work, it's a bowl of Weetabix. All right, set you up for the day. Okay, hang on, stay there. Talk to me about Weetabix. The only fight I ever had when I made mine was about fucking Weetabix and how to eat them. I'm put. With a fucking spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Job done. <laughs> you country lads really are. Behind. What the fuck are you eating your weebix with a fork? Well, first of all, <laughs> chopsticks. Here, <Yeah>, mammy. <laughs> They're all weak. No wonder it won't bowl guys for a week. Shut up, mammy. I've got two knives for this weebix. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Daddy, go again with your impression there. Go again. Oh, that was that was more of a that was more of a. No, no, don't, please, please. No, I said, "Heal, mommy, give us, give us, heal, mommy, heal, mommy, give us two knives there for me, wait a bit." Country's not a point. Fuck's sake! The only answer is sugar puffs as a kid, because I made your piss smell of sugar puffs, and that was like the buzz. Sugar puff smelling piss. Then they smell no, the no, no, we, need like, back, we need to get back what to this weed bit question. Weed Come on. It yeah. has to be hot milk and sugar. No, 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 no. Cold you, milk. Cold milk. Oh, you're a freak. Uh, many <laughs> many weed bits. Many weed Cold milk freak. Two, two weed bits. No, 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 no. Three, two, and two. then one on top. Yeah. Two weed bits. Milk, cold, weed bits intact. This other fucker used to mash it up. No, yeah, no, that's, no, 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 that's no, acting no, no. the prick. No, 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 you gotta heat. That's your, acting the prick. No, 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 you get a pot, you heat your milk until it's it getting annoyed frothy. again. Now it becomes frothy. You gotta get your milk frothy. Then you pre-sugar your weed a bit. I actually get as pour, angry as Casey here now. Pour, this is fucking ridiculous. You pour your hot milk over. No, the no hot milk. No hot milk. <laughs> that's fucking. Wrong with you two. No milk. Three wheat bits. Two on the bottom. One on the top. Loads of sugar. Away you go. You know you're from fucking outside. That's only because you used to have to drink the milk straight from the cow down the country. I say this with all my family from Offaly. <laughs> really not in a strong uh, <laughs> Right, another food-based question. Um, Lucy asks, curry or kebab after a few beers? Which do you go for? Molly. I love the way everyone kind of looks at me like... <laughs> 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 so, I'll have a donut kebab, please. Donut kebab, please. Molly, have you shouting this? Oh, yeah, yeah, the donut kebab. But the thing is, you, you can't eat the kebab in the kebab shop because it just goes everywhere, and especially there's a few women around who try to piss up. So the kebab has to come home. <laughs> in a kebab shop, Molly? In the morning, the rest of the kebab. You sound like the sort of fella that eat a kebab with two wristbands on, <laughs> tennis wristbands on, Molly, so it didn't drip down to her elbow. <laughs> <laughs> the only way in the Ishkan there's two plain chicken shishes just chilli sauce fucking sit down no chips no fucking messing two plain chilli shish say again plain chicken shish with just chilli sauce in Ishkanders chicken shish boom Zaytoons is better two plain chicken shish there's another we have to fucking deal with this Zaytoons is not better than Ishkanders fucking right it is no it's not Ishkanders like to upsell you upsell you fucking horse me to stay with would you not at all 
can't just cook your chicken on the coals right in front of you there. I don't go for none of that bullshit stuff that's all mingled together from 82 chickens <laughs> and fucking 42 <laughs> fucking sheep that's up there. Would you like me to slice off a bit of death here for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I'll just go for a few fucking chunks of chicken, cook them up on the barbecue there for me and stick them in the fucking pita bread. Death kebab. <laughs> death slice kebab. Slice of death. death. <laughs> slice me off some of that death there. Oh, that sounds fuck. nice. That sounds great, yeah. Uh, now, Peter asked us to define a scouser, but I think we're in danger of alienating our ba- mates across the water if we do that. So I'm going to ask people around the table to define a day tripper. What is a day tripper? Go. Well, for, for me, a scouser. Someone who's lucky enough to actually lives in the city of Liverpool. Yeah. That's for me. And a day tripper then is someone who has to pay for that privilege. Oh, fucking profound. I like that. I like that a lot. From, 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 around, from around the table, anyone else? We go with that. Okay. Uh, last question is from Carl. And Carl says, this is a fucking hellish choice. If you had to choose between being stuck with Rooney's face or Ferguson's personality, which do you go with? Ferguson's personality all yeah. day long. All Every day. Long. No question. <laughs> no question. No Rooney shouts. I'm already a prick. So is Ferguson. So you know, <laughs> I, I can live with, with that. Too. But I'm a, I'm a yeah, handsome bastard. A I couldn't switch to his face. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't. I just couldn't. <laughs> There was some fella on the television the other day, it was, it was Harley Street or something, I don't know, this is what I was watching it, and he <laughs> went in, he wanted plastic surgery because he looked too much like Shrek, and it wasn't real. <laughs> 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 right. That says it all, really. <laughs> okay, finally then, just some admin. The HJC Cup Ireland is on March 22nd here in Astro Park, which is, of course, Dublin's premier five-a-side venue. Most important of all will be auction for the HJC on the night, so bring your wallets and uh, keep watching out for more details there. Big thanks, as always, go to Johnny Rep for our class intro music. Their new single, Give, is out now. You can follow us and all our news and views on at Liverpool Ways, run by Carl Turley, so get following that great account. And if you want some excellent articles and content, you can also get down to Moley's www.beyondthecop.com. You can follow my own writing four days a week on liverpoolofside.espionation.com, which you should all be checking out regularly. And you can subscribe to all things trippery either on Podbean, iTunes, or via any podcatcher such as Beyond Pod on Android. Finally, your day trippers tonight were Peter McDowell, Steve Daly, Molly, Stephen Brown, Damien Flood, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. And remember, no matter what happens this season, yes, it started in Ballymahan with me and you. Okay. Everyone ready? Yep. Okay. <coughs> Everyone ready? Then the old cough. Shower away. Ultimate professionalism. Uh, Everybody, uh, Served you. In three, two, one, and go. <laughs> <laughs> it's your, it's your edit, right, It's your on, edit. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Introducing Force Factor Fundamentals. Exclusively at the Vitamin Shop, these men's health essentials have clinically studied ingredients like biopurine for enhanced absorption. Yohimbine, pine bark, and L-arginine can help you strengthen blood flow and heighten passion with doses that may bring you the results you crave. 
Now you can save 20% on Force Factor, including the fundamentals at The Vitamin Shop. Get these men's health game changers in your life at any The Vitamin Shop store or vitaminshop.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.